1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void work prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. plus. A show that looks at Kansas City baseball's past, present, and future. High fly ball. Motley going back to the trap. No outs to go. Of the 1985 World Series. Davis comes to the plate. Strike three called. It's over. They've done it. The Royals are World Series champions. The world champion Kansas City Royals.
2: This is the Kansas
3: City Baseball Vault. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into to the Kansas City Baseball Vault, brought to you by Kelly's Westport Inn, a baseball prospectus affiliate Folks, we uh, we've got some baseball things to talk about. I think I think it's considered baseball still at this point, but we'll have to get the judges ruling on that one. But before uh, we get to that business, uh, introductions. I am Jeff Hur, of course, and with me, as always, is the man who loves taking walks around the Truman Sports Complex, <laughs> Michael Ingle. Mike, how are you doing on this very very balmy, I'll say, evening here in yeah. Kansas City?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm certainly not taking a walk today. Um, I do. I do like a, a nice walk, though. You know, you download some other podcasts that are out there, some music, and go. Are there are? Oh are wait, are there other podcasts? There, I mean... there are. There are. Okay. There's only really one baseball podcast. That's true. This one, but there are others on other topics. So um, uh, fair enough. You know, there's. There's only you know, there's only 24 hours in the day. So really, you know. I think it's fair to say you can listen to our show 20 times in a day and then spend the other four, you know, uh, listening to some other stuff. There's there's some good, like, historical or medical or whatever podcasts. I'll allow that. Yeah. You know, I'm okay with that. That's fine. Shake it up a little bit, you know.
4: You
3: know, hey, just, you know, variety of the spice of life. Yes.
2: Yes. Sometimes Alcides
3: Escobar doesn't have to play shortstop, and and you don't always have to
2: listen to our podcast.
3: That's right, but because just like just like Alcides Escobar's streak after you've listened to our podcast 421 consecutive times, you can take a break. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, And of course, those who are uh, following the Royals know that that is in reference to the streak that has finally ended. Alcides Escobar playing 421 consecutive games, which if you do the math, um, is roughly two and 3 quarter seasons-ish straight of starting and playing in a game. So it's not quite Cal Ripken, but, you know, pretty good streak nonetheless. Uh, You know, and and to remove the results on the field (laughs) from what you're getting in those 421 games, um, it's still quite impressive just from a health factor. It's so hard to stay healthy in any sport for that period of time, uh, regardless of what position you play, how good or bad you are, whatever. So to be, to be out there um, that many times, you know, that's pretty impressive. And it's kind of interesting. You know, I, I think it says more about the Royals though, that he's, excuse me, that he was even able to be available for that streak, given the results on the field. But, yeah. You know, that's a different topic. It's over. Um, he, he, I can't remember which game it was, but he he didn't start one of the games in the last week, and the streak hath ended. So our uh, yeah, so that's that. That's, um,
2: that's about all there is to say about it.
3: <laughs> that's about all there is to say. Yeah. Uh, the main news is we approach the All Star Game here. Of course, you know as we've discussed in weeks past, um, talking about the All Star Game, the. You know, as everyone knows, in baseball, everyone every team has to have a representative, which um, I am I am not a fan of that rule. And uh, you know, if 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 I'm to if you're to ask me, hey, why are you not a fan of that rule? <laughs> hey, future... why are you
2: not a fan of that <laughs> rule?
3: Oh, I'm glad you asked, Mike. <laughs> um, in the future, I may point back to 2018 as a very good reason for why that is because salvador perez was the royals or is the royals all-star representative was this his sixth all-star game yeah um, sixth in a row so now i think there was a lot of people who thought he would probably have a pretty good chance because of his reputation because everyone in the league knows him he's very likable he's you know they all and people around the league know him from the other all-star games that he has actually earned his way into Mm -hmm. so you know I think that was was something in a lot of people's heads and I think you know it makes it does make sense but when you look at what Salvador Perez has done on the field this year as much as I love the guy he does not deserve to be an all-star and when you require every team to have a representative, then you're forcing people to make a decision like this. And when you look at the Royals, especially if you're another player in the league, you know, these are the people that are voting on it. You know, the players, managers, every, you know, they're maybe not looking at all the ins and outs of all the stats and how the play, how they play every day. They can't possibly, you know, they've got their own games to play and stuff to worry about. So they can't possibly spend that much time worrying about the Royals. So when you look and you're like, okay, the Royals are the worst team in baseball right second worst by record um but you know when when they're that bad it's like okay well who am I gonna pick there's obviously nobody on the team that's really that good so I'm gonna go ahead and just pick the guy that I like the best that I know the most Salvador Perez that's your guy World Series MVP you know he's the Royals face of the franchise He's on the billboards he's everywhere makes the most makes the most sense really in terms of how that type of voting occurs but you know then you have, but it brings us to that situation where he's not deserving. And then, even if he's not, even with him not being deserving, he's still not the most deserving person on his own team. Even because if you really dig a little deeper, not even that much deeper, if you just look, <laughs>
2: right. then
3: you'll see Whit Merrifield is far, by far and away, the best player on this team so far this season.
2: Yeah,
3: and. He's carried the team at times. He just had five hits the other night. Once the, the actually the day that he found out that he didn't get the the, the all star nod for the Royals and Perez got it instead, he went out and had five hits. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's he, he's hitting above three hundred. He's got an, an a, a, a uh, above eight hundred OPS. I mean, he is the he's clearly the best player on the team so far this season, and yet. You know, Salvador Perez gets the nod because people know him. And again, you know, nothing against Salvador Perez, but let's be honest with ourselves. He doesn't deserve this, uh, this nod for the all-star game. What Merrifield does, if, if a Royals player has to go, what Merrifield is the most deserving and he doesn't so that, you know, so you, you've got two, two things at play here that I dislike one the fact that every team has to have a representative forces you to pick a, a, a player, which so often just relies on reputation and how well they're known around the league. And then, um, because of that, then someone who you would think objectively would be the would actually be the most deserving of the you know required representation gets looked over because people don't even care enough to look into it. And why should they? Because the Royals aren't that good. So you know, I it would just make more sense just assume okay nobody nobody if if you're not good enough you don't get in nobody every team doesn't have to have a representative and then the royals would not have had anybody this season and you know then it's it's no big deal it's kind of like well we're crappy team that's the way it goes (laughs) do better yeah exactly right i mean do you 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 feel similar to me on this
2: um i get your point but i i still like it for me it's an exhibition um i i think it's probably less of a draw you know i think that you really originally would want to have a reason for any market any uh you know any fan base to tune into the game because hey you get to see your player Um, and maybe that's kind of cool, but nowadays, like everybody's got some access to MLB TV. You know, there's so many different national games that pop up. It's not like it's difficult to see some of these players if you really want to, you know? Um, but I, 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 I also kind of really like, I think back to like, um, you know, today's like the 28-year anniversary of the Bo Jackson All-Star Game performance in 1989. And I, I remember that game. Like, I had that on VHS. That is like an iconic game. That is a huge game for me because at that point, I, I kind of really liked baseball, but I wasn't like super hyper into it. And then all through the rest of that summer, I would watch that tape like, you know, every other week or so. I would just – it would just – enjoyed the crap out of it and a real fun part of all of it is that that opening introduction of every player and you get to see you know players in their their actual uniforms on the baseline and i always thought that was really cool and that's always been one of my favorite things about the mlb all-star game is being able to see you know every player now, some years you end up with Ken Harvey or 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 Mark Redman or Aaron Crow as your all star representative, and um for bad teams that kind of sucks because it just is kind of like yeah, okay, whatever. It you know, it's it's a punchline. You know, Mark Redman All-Star is the symbolic uh example of of you know, the really bad years. And you know, when when <laughs> yeah. whenever anybody would talk about you know, the Royals making the playoffs a few years ago, you know, uh, the long suffering fans would bring him up as an example of how much we've suffered because he ended the year with almost like a six ERA and he wasn't even that good at the all-star break. Um, I still think it's fun, but I do think that they they run into a thing um, where you do have to, you know, you got to pick a team, you know, in the end, you still have to play a game on a field And so you can't just pick, you know, guys who are objectively the best on their team. In this case, Whit Merrifield and maybe Mike Boustakis would would qualify for that kind of thing. Um, Sal Perez, the numbers just aren't there. But, you know, you still have to have a catcher in the game. You, You know, you can't play a bunch of second basemen or corner infielders all game. You still have to go out and put them on a field. And, you know, again, like you said, you know, the players and coaches selected Perez. He's a known commodity. He's someone that a lot of players seem to like. So, yeah, I I guess the name recognition kind of gets him in. And while any other year, yeah, he deserves to be an all-star this year, his numbers just don't work for that. Um, So that is kind of a side effect of it. Um, I I really thought Merrifield was going to get it because I kind of figure – yeah, he's he's really the best player on the team. He's gonna get fifty doubles this year. You know, he's got twenty nine doubles through eighty eight games. Pretty good, you know, and he's uh yeah. He's definitely got that the kind of swing and hustle and, and the kind of game that that can just keep getting those, you know, more and more. He steals bases, he's walking more, he's striking out less nowadays. I mean you know, he's he's done everything you would expect an all-star to do. Plus, he can play basically anywhere on the field, which really works for a game where, you know, you do have to start moving players around or or, or substituting for them. So I, I feel like he would have fit in that game very nicely. But, you know, when it comes down to it, he didn't get voted in. Um, he didn't get into the final vote. And he didn't end up making the all-star team. So, um, you know, if they were just looking for name recognition, it was probably gonna be Sal Perez or Mike Mustakis. And um, you know, Perez is kinda of the more recognizable guy, I guess. So uh the players and coaches selected him. I you know, it's not it's not the right decision, but um it's not gonna be something that I think ten years from now we're deriding quite as much as Mark Redman as an all-star team? No. Because no. at least Sal Perez has been there before and has been definitely deserving. He's got the deserving. all-star pedigree. Yeah. 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 So, you know, whatever. He's – his numbers are bad. He's in the game. Yeah, so it goes. Um, but in general, the rule, I, I still kind of like it. Um, sentimental reasons and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I – in the end it's an exhibition but you know it does help if they select the right player for that team if they're forced to take one from a team and they didn't in this case
3: yeah and uh you know you bring up a good point you know it is it is really cool to to have that that moment before the game you know and especially i could especially i especially can see making an exception for um you know, the hometown team, like you would definitely require that mm-hmm. because, you know, like it was so cool when you know Billy Butler was the lone representative in, in 2012 and he stood out there and got that huge ovation, uh-huh. you know, you could hear it on the TV, everything like that was really cool. So I definitely I understand um, what you're saying from that point. So I could I could definitely see that being an exception. Um, it just I, don't know, I feel like it kind of dilutes the game a little bit because I always thought this about. You know, with the the NFL too, when you talk about Pro Bowls, you know, it's not it's not the same because not every team is required to have a representative. But
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, the, the the voting is similar in that there's so much of it based on uh, um, reputation and such. So, you know, when when you look at like Hall of Fame voting, you know, and and they you, you always have like, like you know your your player card or whatever that comes up on Sports Center when they start talking about who's eligible for the Hall of Fame in a particular year or whatever, uh, and you see X number of all-star appearances or X number of pro Bowl appearances or whatever. You know, it's like, well, especially (laughs) in baseball, you know, let's say Salvador Perez plays out his career here. I mean, the next two or three years look pretty bleak right now for -hmm. the Royals. So the odds of them having someone who's just like that good that he has to be an all-star, you know, probably not very high. So there's a good opportunity or a good possibility that Salvador Perez could continue to just you know not play, <laughs> just rack great, them up, <laughs> but rack up another. And so then, you know, by the time it rolls around for his uh, his voting for the Hall of Fame, you know that people are going to be like, well, he made 15 All Star games. You know, it's <laughs> like, wow, okay, that does sound pretty impressive. Yeah. So there must have been something going on, right? And it's just so you know that that's kind of always what i've thought as well in the back of my head when it comes to that kind of stuff but it's it is um it is pretty cool to have that that little bit of a thrill see your see your guy up on the screen and uh well the screen like i'm thinking of watching it on tv but you know seeing him up on the big screen if you're at the game and on the tv all that kind of stuff so that, yeah yeah i can definitely i can understand like that. when, so when you like...
2: know that s is coming up for sweeney or m for montgomery or s for soria or You know, Mm -hmm. you're one guy. (laughs) (laughs) It's usually for the Royals, it's been the same guy for a few years. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, but at the same, yeah, I mean, is that worth it for 10 seconds of coolness? Eh, Maybe not, but um, I still still like it, you know. And I I also like, I think the the baseball's all-star game is by far the best of the major all-star games. Um, I would say maybe the NHL all-star weekend is probably better because of all the other events, but I would say that the all-star game itself in the, in the play of it for baseball, it's, it, it's kind of hard to be as gimmicky as like the uh, pro bowl or the NBA NBA all-star game ends up being, um, when you still have to play a regular type of baseball game. So, um, you know, I, I still like the all-star game i still like the introductions all the hoopla around it so um. what's well,
3: the easiest to have like a legitimate full game <clears throat> full game without the players putting themselves at too much risk for yeah an injury yeah so the the chances of you getting an actual good game for the all-star game are higher in baseball than any other sport
2: yeah yeah i haven't watched the pro bowl in probably 15 years I don't miss it one bit. I don't care. Yeah, it
3: hasn't it, – it's been a few years since I've watched it in the same. I just kind of stopped caring. Yeah. And I, I think there was somebody that hadn't a, a, a good point for the the Pro Bowl, what they should do. You know, just just like release a Pro Bowl team, but don't actually have a game. <clears throat> have a game. You know, maybe have a skills competition like you're talking about with the NHL. Um, just have them all there for the weekend. They pose for a picture or whatever, but don't actually play the game. <laughs> and, then, just, and then you don't end no, up with
2: a, like an AFC roster that has – three quarterbacks in the game but eight quarterbacks made the pro bowl from the conference right yeah <laughs> it's like well gee like didn't matt castle make a, a pro bowl
3: oh yeah oh he made it yep and then you know alex smith made it last year I and mean, he had a pretty good season actually yeah but, alex smith was pretty good you know, but
2: yeah it's like you know, when he
3: wasn't one of the three that were initially selected but still makes it and and all four just like you said you know get to put pro bowler on their resume, so...
2: Right. <laughs> I don't know. Well... I don't know. Yeah.
3: I'm off my soapbox for the
2: moment, yeah, so... And good for, good for Sal. Yeah, you know... It's about it. it. He's, yeah. You know, I wish it was Whit Merrifield, but what can you do? So do I. What, what can, can you do? You do? Um, they didn't give us a chance to is, vote this year, so, you know, nope. not on the final vote. No, they didn't. Which I don't think Royals fans would have been as engaged this year as in other years anyway, but... I would guess not. No, especially with Seattle. Gene Segura ended up winning that final vote, and Seattle fans are hyped. They're they're like Royals fans in fourteen and fifteen. I
3: think. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, like, they're, they're ready like, to go.
2: Oh, heck yeah! It's been too damn long. So, kind of fun to root for them. I, anyways, I the... we
3: can sympathize. We know where they're coming from.
2: Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> completely.
3: So anyway, uh, so that that that's kind of the biggest piece of news, but we'll go into some other um, kind of a lot of little small things that kind of happened that um, might actually turn out to be some of them may turn out to be some sizable impacts here Uh, as the Royals, you know, continue hurtling towards the trade deadline. If we look past the all-star game horizon uh, and where their roster will be, um, there have been some changes. Jason Hamill, who just went out and just got rocked the other night. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> I was at that just, game. He, he, oh, were you? Hadn't hadn't even sat down Fun. yet, and Mookie Betts hit a homer, and then they just kept hitting off him, and sooner or later, oh, there's eight runs. Okay, well, damn. Yep.
3: Brutal. Yeah. Brutal indeed. Um, and then, so he, given his um, – poor performance that was kind of the final straw the royals removed him from the starting rotation and they've they've tapped birch smith to take his place um so that's a bit of an uncertainty not exactly sure what we're going to get from him in the starting rotation jacob junis who has been having a very good season and has been one of the more dependable pieces of the rotation he is now injured he's on the dl um, Recently, Heath Fillmire got a start, and I mean, there's there's just been a lot of movement there. my, uh, what I, mean, I feel like I'm missing something. There were a couple, <laughs> there was more, weren't there? There's was...
2: there's a heck of a lot of like movement, but basically for the rotation that that pretty much covers it. Um, the Ian Kennedy was on the DL, then he came off. He threw three innings, left early is back on the DL. So I would imagine Phil Meyer is going to start for him again. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, everything's kind of in flux right now. There's been a lot of, um, you know, Jace, uh Justin Grimm went on the DL, then got released from the DL. Blaine Boyer went on the 60 day disabled list. Uh, the Royals called up Glenn Sparkman from Omaha, who, uh, you know, had originally been lost to the blue Jays in the rule five draft. And then, found his way back uh, any Romero who he was pitching for Pittsburgh was claimed he's a lefty he can throw kind of hard but he gave up a couple homers um, since he's joined the Royals uh, he's been added you know I mean it's just a lot of a lot of stuff happening Jason Adam has been optioned then recalled then optioned, then recalled you know all within the span of you know I think he was optioned to make room for Kennedy coming back from the DL and then Before twenty four hours were up, Kennedy went on the DL and Adam was called back up. So, hopefully, he didn't get in the car and go up I twenty nine towards Omaha. Yeah, hopefully, he hung out. Actually, AAA is all off for their All Star Week, so he probably didn't go anywhere. Um, so you know, and he lives,
3: you know, his family's from here, so he might have
2: just stuck around there anyway. Just just hung hung out and uh, hung out with the fam. Um, Yeah. God, i don't know I, mean, I feel like there's there are other moves that happen but i mean that's, that's well there's a lot a of lot movement
3: lot. at the minor league level um i don't really you know i can't recall all the moves but there yeah. were some people you know people have been moving up moving down to different um different leagues so there's yeah. that as well
2: but yeah the main thing is that now you've got danny duffy brad keller and then this this group of, of you know, Burt Smith, the, the police academy, Heath, Phil Meyer, I mean, yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> I assume Phil Meyer is going to be starting for Kennedy in a couple days. The The last game before the all-star break, um, you know, it's, it's, it's looking a little rough. It's not the best group out there. So um, the main thing, this kind of surprising thing is Hamill, um, you know, because he, there have been times this year where he's pitched, Okay, out of the rotation, um, maybe not necessarily good, but he's pitched okay. There have been times where he's been hammered, you know. So I, I get wanting to make a move, but the Royals all year haven't really had, you know, a whole lot of guys to just step into that. Um, Trevor Oaks has come up a little bit. He made a spot start somewhere in in the last couple weeks, so he might be someone they lean on as well. Um, uh-huh kennedy who knows how long he's going to be out it's an oblique thing obliques can be really weird he's already re-injured it junis is probably out till the end of july um you know just a lot of you're gonna have a lot of pitchers that you didn't think would be in the rotation in the rotation and you know the it's not like that rotation has been that strong all year anyway so uh i guess at least you get to find some things out You know, you get to find out some stuff about Birch Smith, Heath Fillmire, and probably Trevor Oaks. I guess that's what the rest of this year is really going to be meant for. Um, Maybe Jason Hamill puts up some some nice, you know, middle relief or or late-inning relief innings, and someone decides that they want to trade something of value for him. Maybe. Because that was one
3: of the things that people were saying at the beginning of the season, you know, well, because Jason Hamill had his moments last year where he pitched pretty well also. So they thought, okay, well, if he can just have a good couple months to start the season, the Royals can offload him and maybe get something out of him. But, you know, that's pretty much out the window unless, like you just said, he somehow, you know, shows he can perform in high leverage situations maybe. I I don't know. I yeah. don't even think – I don't think that's the thing that will
2: happen. But yeah, it's out there. It's
3: a possibility. It's all on the table right now. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean they're they're kind of at a at a point where they're just kind of you know seeing what they have. You know, there's not a lot of not a lot of talent in the upper minors. There's a lot of those four A looking type of guys, um, and you know they went out and they they acquired a lot of those types of guys. Phil Meyer, Oaks, Smith, Brad Keller, all four of those guys were brought in over the winter. You know, two through the Rule Five and two through trades. So you know that puts them in a position where yeah they're they're really fighting to just kind of like get talent like if they hadn't made some of those moves who the heck would they be calling up at this point like i just don't know so um yeah they're 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 going to learn some things um they might not learn good things maybe they do maybe somebody figures something out and uh you know Trevor Oaks settles in and and looks like maybe he's a number 4 starter i i don't know but that's, that's basically what the next, you know, what do they have, 70 games of the season? Um, that's kind of what they're going to be looking at now. Um, for for good or ill, <laughs> Yeah, you know, they don't have much reason to push Junis until he's ready. Just because, you know, it's a back thing. Why do you want to push a young pitcher with some back thing? You know, it's, it's, it's not really that worth it. Yeah. Um, so if they take an extra week or two on him, fine. You know, It's not like they were winning games with him the last two months anyway. Um, in April, he was the only guy who could win a game, and that's about it. And then Kennedy, it's, you know, I don't know. He, he's owed so much money still that it's like uh, they don't really benefit by pushing him out there either um maybe towards the end of the year maybe in august somewhere someone wants to pick him up or something i i doubt it but yeah there it's it's pretty rough it's danny duffy brad keller and and in the and yeah police academy you know maybe someone develops maybe birch smith gets comfortable in the rotation he you know threw three plus innings today in uh in a start you know gave up some runs but you know, the Royals were ahead when he left, I think, so not all on him. Uh, Phil Meyer, his gener- his numbers overall this season are good. His one start, he wasn't super sharp. Um, Oaks had his moments a couple times he's been up, so I don't know. It's it's a lot of shuffling. Um, you know, I'm kind of interested to see what, what Glenn Sparkman can do because he's had pretty good numbers in the minors and – You know, the, the Royals obviously felt pretty good about bringing him back. So maybe he can do something when he's, uh, you know, getting the opportunity, but I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of shuffling and maybe it's, it's, you know, the, the deck chairs on the Titanic, but (laughs) you know, they're going to learn some things
3: like the Titanic as it sits today. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Season is already way, way at the
2: bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're taking on water and they're falling fast so
3: yeah i mean and like you said you know i i think that's what the season's about now seeing what we have from who from what and what can they give us yeah. moving forward exactly you know because excuse me like you said the top of the miners it's pretty thin right now and um hell, the most of the miners is pretty thin right now for the Royals. Yeah, until you get into
2: double so, A and, and low A. Yeah, and...
3: you start getting into the the lower ranks. Where, But those guys, you know, three, four years away. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen in the meantime? We don't know. <laughs> but the Royals need to find out because, you know, uh, this season they're on pace for... 117 losses, and uh, I hadn't
2: done the math yet.
3: <laughs> why i i didn't I didn't dare do the math myself, but I did hear that on the radio uh, as I was driving into work one morning this week. So they are, I mean, because right now they're 26 and 66, counting mm-hmm. today's loss. That's 40 games <laughs> below
2: 500. 40 games <laughs> below
3: 500, and
2: uh, I the, mean, they lost sixty-seven games in two thousand fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> so they're they're. Uh, two I mean, games they could away. still they could still do better than that, but yeah, they're going to win every you know seventy yeah. games in a row.
3: You, you know, know, no big deal. No
2: biggie. I think
3: I think that would be a new record.
2: I imagine so.
3: That if the Royals won seventy games in a row, especially this
2: Royals team, that would be the
3: <laughs> most. The most impressive streak in sports history, like, just – it would never be topped.
2: You might even get a Brad Pitt movie out of it.
3: You might even. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I would I would
2: love that. Speaking but of, not to, not to get off the rails, but we might as well if we're talking <laughs> we about 100 and 117 lost seasons. I was watching uh, this movie this weekend on Netflix. It's called, like, The Tale of the – white-tailed deer or something like that. I don't know. It's Josh Brolin and Danny McBride, and it's basically a spoof on, like, hunting videos. And okay. the thing is, Brolin is, like, the, the star. But, my God, the whole time, it's like an hour-and-a-half movie, the whole time I was watching it, all I could think about is he looks like Ned Yost when you look at, like, old baseball cards. Like, he had the mustache thing working, and, like, he looks okay. like Ned Yost this up. in Ned 1982. Yost. Like it it was uncanny and it just it made me think about um f- a few years ago when the Royals were going on, you know, when they were winning the division and everything, how uh, every now and then we. Oh, were... geez. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You see it. I could totally see. it Yeah. So like Why? like we were trying to cast like a Royals movie and it's like, yeah, but, like I could not shake it. It was it was ridiculous.
3: Oh, um, man. Yeah. There's one of there's a I found uh on the Royals or on the Royals on the webs the internet a base a baseball card of him with the Rangers, where he's got the mustache rocking.
2: Yeah, and
3: yeah, it's uncanny. That's nuts. Yeah, that never crossed my mind.
2: Before. No, I never made the connection. Then I saw this movie, and it's like holy crap. Yeah, so Josh Brolin as Ned Yost. That is definitely that definitely. is money in the bank Hollywood. Get Take going. You know what? Rewrite the history. Put him in the in the in the tree stand in 2013. Yeah, what the hell, you know? You <laughs> can be a little anachronistic in this. Um, yeah. Put him in somebody... the tree stand. He has a vision, and they carry out that vision. 2015 champions. That's why they never quit. Rousing speech in the clubhouse before Game Four at Houston. The rain delay. He's, in, he's in a wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair the yes. whole season, and then yes. the
3: before the World Series, he stands up <laughs> out of the wheelchair and gives a rousing speech. Yes, this is, we got. To, we got. To, we just need to write this down. Dun, 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 this is here. We, you know, <clears> that um, is
2: intellectual property right there. So no one can right. take Don't it. Stealing that,
3: because <laughs> uh, you know. I mean somebody will go look it up after the game and be like, Did that really happen? And it'll be like, Well, yeah. Ned Yosef out of a tree, but it wasn't the same year of the World Series and people will be like, Oh, okay, whatever. No big deal. Well no the, one will care. Let's do it.
2: In forty two, Jackie Robinson hit a walk off home run in like Philadelphia. You know, he he only played for Brooklyn but somehow walked it off on a road game. Yeah, you know. You know, why you know what's Hey, hey it's okay. Drama's fine. Do these yeah. It's entertainment. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I mean that that's what we'll I'm do down. the rest of the year.
3: That's what we'll do, yeah. Every, <laughs> every week write a new scene. Right. For, uh the Royals twenty fifteen movie starring Josh Brolin. Yosted A Story maybe we of can, Triumph. Yosted, a story of triumph, yes. Maybe we can cast the rest of the the rest of the main players. We'll have, to, we'll have to do some research. We'll have to hit it. up That'll Twitter because we'll I
2: think it. I think it was uh, Cupcakes are Nice on Twitter was doing a lot of that. And she that she would take good. nominations, and then there would be voting on it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, i have to, that sounds have to see what we can find because,
3: yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. It's, I'm going to have to, like, tweet out this picture or something. Yeah. That's perfect. <clears throat> so, well, anyway. Anyway, um, where
2: were we? Oh, yeah, pitching. Oh, well, uh, I don't, don't even Pitching's not as interesting. <laughs> oh, it's not.
3: Uh, well, we're talking about the losing. So the Royals have lost 28 of their last 32 games. Um, they won yesterday. Yesterday, We're recording on, on Wednesday, July 11th. So on July 10th, Tuesday, they won a game. Um, and uh, yeah, they but before that...
2: five runs.
3: Believe it or not. But before that, they lost nine in a row. So... You know, so counting yesterday's win and today's loss, they're twenty eight of their last thirty-two in law lo- they've lost twenty-eight of their last thirty-two, which is just I mean, my
2: God, man. <laughs> that's, that's a absurd. that's a twelve and a half winning percentage. <laughs> oh. Put it this like, way, let's look at it like this. Um Drew Butera is hitting one sixty eight. That he got a hit more frequently than the Royals won a game. Over those last thirty-two. Wow. Also, Drew Butera is hitting one sixty-eight. So <laughs> that's another thing. And his ERA is terrible. Well, all right. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Just to give you an idea.
2: <laughs> that's I where. Mean, that's what. It, that's where we're at.
3: So right now, the Royals have precisely two. Players hitting over 251 in the lineup. I there's they have Mike Mustakas and Alex Gordon. Hey, Alex Gordon are hitting 251 on the season, so basically 250. And they only have two players that are doing better. One, Jorge Soler is on the DL. Um, I should say three players because I'm neglecting woefully John Jay.
4: Of course, <laughs> him not
3: being on the Royals anymore. Um, but so really it's just what Merrifield who's having a fantastic season as yeah. you already mentioned earlier. And then Jorge Soler, who's on the DL. <clears throat> I mean, Roselle Herrera, who we haven't really talked about, but, uh, is an interesting, um, Interesting little experiment the Rose got going. He's doing decent. He's hitting two sixty seven. You know, he's only played in 19 games, so it's not nearly a, a very large sample size. Um, but, you know, he showed some things. So who knows? Maybe he could develop. His, he's
2: pretty you know, fun, yeah.
3: Yeah. So, it you know, he, he could be just one of those guys who um, maybe a Paolo Orlando type who he's not set the world on fire, but he has a couple of years where he comes up in big moments and does some fun things. And, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fun, mm-hmm. right? Um, You know, we've got Jorge Bonifacio, who's back now. We, we missed that. We didn't really talk about that. We talked about it last show. Uh, we didn't have a show last week because of the holiday. Um, but Jorge Bonifacio is back now. He's played in 10 games. And Alberto Mondesi is up. And, you know, he's kind of showed some things. He hit a um, big-time home run yesterday. Big one, yeah. Like 415? Yeah. I nice. Mean, Show show a little bit of power, you know. He's got two home runs on the season so far, and, and Jorge Bonifacio, like I said, he's he's looking pretty solid so far in his route back. So, you know, that's those are two guys who the Royals were kind of hoping on going into the season. Before, of course, Bonifacio got uh, nailed with the PED suspension, and you know, Mondesi just. I, I just I hope I really hope the Royals don't look back on Alberto Adalber- Mondesi. And think, you know, regret how they handled the situation because <laughs> they, they've handled him very poorly, I think. Yeah, I think so. so.
2: I think that's fair.
3: So it's and I, I think I mentioned this before when we talked about I can't remember when it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe. But where it's just like, I don't know that we will ever know the true potential of of Mondesi um, because the Royals just kind of so much, you know, I think it's it's. Possible he still becomes a good player, but we'll never know how good he could have actually been. And, and you could say, oh, you could make that argument about everyone. But no, not yeah. really because there's a lot of players who you know, you know. You know how good they could be and how good they are, and that's just kind of the way it is. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I hope I'm wrong, but that's what I hope I see. But it's good to see him you know, start to get some things going and start to pick up a little bit. He's still only 22 years old, got a ton of room to mm-hmm. grow. And without with Cedi the Royals finally committing to kind of move him to the side. You know, it's time for Mondesi to to step into that role, to step up and and uh, you know prove he belongs. So you know he's he's starting to to put some things together. You know, he had a good day yesterday, like like we said. So hopefully, you know, he can continue on that path and and start um you know start start showing himself to be the player that everyone was hoping he could be.
2: Yeah, he definitely looks a lot more comfortable. I mean, I. Anybody would should remember 2016, 2017 when he had been up that like um chasing pitches off speed, breaking pitches down quite often and really didn't hit him. And he still doesn't hit him, but he's laying off them more frequently, it feels like. Um he's not trying to bunt every other at bat, which I always felt was kind of like a crutch, because like he you know, he's got speed. He knows he can make something happen that way. And maybe didn't feel comfortable actually going out and taking a rip. Now he's having decent at bats. Um, You know, he's only got a a 254 on base percentage. So, I mean, he could definitely be better as far as, you know, working counts, drawing walks. But, you know, he's getting on base. He's getting to second base. He's scoring runs when he gets on base. Uh, He's got two homers, like you said. And uh, he's getting more comfortable at shortstop. So he's kind of starting to kind of sort things out. The first seven games when he came up, he was three for 21. Uh, the next 11 before today, he was hitting 275 with a 293 on base and a 500 slugging. So, yeah, yeah, you'll kind of live with that. Um, that would not be too bad. I, 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 do, I really do wish he would find ways to get on base more um, because his speed is so good. And I think he has decent instincts as a base stealer. Um, and once he's on, he can just create havoc. So, you know, to to be able to maximize that ability would be excellent. Um, but, you know, he drew, I think, uh, his second walk of the year last night or something. So, you know, 19 strikeouts to two walks all season. Um, still a lot of room to kind of go. But, you know, he definitely looks better than any other point the, in the last two years, when he's been up, you know, just in the last you know week and a half, two weeks, so that's encouraging, and that the Royals are finally finding a way to carve out some time for him uh, is also encouraging, and he's getting to play shortstop in the process. So um, that was something that he was always at second base so many of those other times, or you know, maybe a very late game replacement and a blowout over the last couple of years. But now he's starting there. He's playing the whole game there, and Escobar is playing some third, some center field, or oh my god, actually sitting. So um, they're giving they're giving him you know little opportunities here and there, and <clears> finding <throat> a way to like get him some some regular playing time, which I think if he's feeling more comfortable should probably be beneficial to him. So that's he's probably the one guy that like you kind of want to track the rest of the year just because he is you know he's been such a significant name in the system for so long um you know six years already and he's barely 22 so yeah you, you want to see what he can do and and what he can do with the opportunity so you know the last two weeks he's done a lot with it yesterday he did yeah. a lot with it <laughs> next week ah who knows we'll see i guess the next three games <laughs> He doesn't, you know, he's got a couple of days off there, so. Yeah, and I think um,
3: it was Clint who a couple of different times have has brought up the term prospect fatigue, which is something that um, I really like that term because it, it very much describes a situation like you have with Mondesi, I think, or or a lot of people might have with Mondesi or uh, a lot of different, you know, like a not right really Chester Cuthbert, but even, you know, a couple of years ago, Chester Cuthbert, um, or just these players have been around for so long and it feels like we've been hearing about them for so long
4: mm-hmm. that
3: it's, it just kind of, we forget how young they are. You talk about modesty still being only 22 and he's had, you know, a pretty decent amount of time in the major leagues. So he's still got some room to grow in there. And hopefully, like you said, hopefully he takes advantage of it. um, but yeah, I mean that's kind of kind of
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In terms it's... of what's
3: what's been going on, things have been kind of winding down as we head towards the All-Star game here.
2: Yeah. The only other thing, I mean, uh, some other news: the Royals signed their first and second picks from the draft. Brady oh, Singer right. yeah, and, that's right. and Jackson Cow both signed. Um, they signed a 16-year-old kid out of Japan, um, Kaito Yuki. Who usually they they don't sign that early. He's foregoing high school to to jump into professional baseball in America. Um, usually they have a much different process, so that's kind of interesting. So to that's
3: see. that's actually really interesting to me for on, a, on a couple different levels. Number one being, I've heard he's the first it was kind of his kind, like you just said. That you know, because normally they they've got a very defined pro system in Japan. And so the players come up and they go through the pro system and then they do the posting. You know, we've seen it with uh you know Dice K, we saw it uh with Yu Darvish, etc. You know, we we have seen um Shohai otani he went through the same thing. So, you know, we've seen that process play out, and normally that's what happens, but you know, this guy he, he didn't he didn't do that. He's going from high he's going from high school, doing the same thing that a lot of the Latin American players do coming into the system at a very young age, and I'm super intrigued by it. And, you know, the the other kind of wrinkle that's really interesting is, you know, I heard on the radio they, were, they had talked to Dayton Moore about it, and he had noted that one of the things that the Royals had not done very well at in the past is they – they've felt that they just do not have a shot at a lot of the Japanese players that come over because they don't have that ability to facilitate any sort of a relationship with them and make it, you know, they don't know Midwest culture when they come over into America. Mm-hmm. And so it's much easier to go to New York, LA, etc. So there needs to be some way to make them feel more comfortable if the Royals want to get more Japanese players to come to Kansas city. And so they've hired a couple people and they're really trying to focus on increasing those relationships and making those things better because if you remember, you know, we've talked about it a lot when Dayton Moore showed up you know, that was essentially the same philosophy that he put towards the Latin America Latin American market because you know, the royals said basically no presence there. They did nothing there, there hardly him. And it was it, it was really detrimental to the organization. So he said, okay, we're getting a lot of people in here. We're going to establish very good relationships. We're going to find these players and we're going to bring them up through our system. And it paid off big time, you yeah. know, Donald Ventura, Salvador Perez, uh, Kelvin Herrera, you know, these, those are just the, the biggest names that have come through, but are players that, you know, the Royals were able to, to sign. I mean, Alberto Mondesi and, you know, Elia Hernandez was another big one, even though he hasn't, you know, done a ton Yet he was still a big name at the time. Other teams were competing for him, et You know, A lot of these people have signed with the Royals because they've had really good relationships with them that have been fostered by the, the organization. So that's kind of – they're at the, the beginning portion of trying to do that with now the Japanese uh, market, which I found that to be fascinating. I think it's really interesting. And to see this uh, um, Yuki be the first of his kind – in that in the sense of you know coming over as a high school player from Japan like that's really cool I'm excited to see how this plays out and what it'll mean for the future you know because it's almost sort of a competitive imbalance to have that posting system just because of the sheer amount of money it takes you know just to essentially negotiate not essentially mm-hmm. just to negotiate you know you're you're throwing a huge salary at them just to talk to them. And they don't even have to sign, and they're still going to take that money. So it's a big risk for teams like the Royals. So if something like this pans out, and it's a little bit more viable in the future, you know that could change the landscape of baseball even further, uh, similar to how the Latin American, um, the Latin American players have changed the game as well. So I'm, I'm definitely want to keep an eye on this, not only because it could, you know, be good for the Royals. By the way, this kid is like six-two. Yeah. Like he he's like six two, two hundred and forty pounds or something ridiculous. Like he's huge for a sixteen year old. I
2: saw him as um, one hundred seventy. I don't know about the two forty. Okay, two forty. Okay, I, I saw know. a picture, I, just, I can definitely tell you he's not two forty okay. from the picture. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> six so two I, is, is I must have
3: been thinking of something yeah. else. But the six two, I mean, that's that's huge for a sixteen year old. Yeah, that's a
2: big kid. Big. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, I don't know much else about him. I, I saw I he throws it. about 88 to 90. Eh, that's fine. That's cool. Um, and they think that he's going to grow into it and, and, and add some velocity and everything else. So, yeah, that's it's really intriguing um, for the Royals who never really got that involved in that kind of stuff. I mean, they got, you know, uh, Yoshihiko Yabuda a few years ago, and they signed a retread Hideo Nomo. And they did trade for Nori Aoki. Um, but that was a trade. Lest, so, we, I mean, lest we forget. Yeah, yeah. But I remember that his wife did not want to go to the Midwest. Um, so you know, it's it. Yeah, it is tough. That's that's a good point about you know fostering that culture and and kind of getting somebody here and acclimated when uh, you know as maybe a, a selling point, as a uh, as an advantage, as you know, a nice approach. So. I mean, will see. It's it's intriguing, you know. Um it's kinda weirdly unprecedented to see it start that way, but you know, um hopefully it works out.
3: Yeah, definitely. So um I think that kinda sums it up. I mean, is there anything any other little tidbits that we're missing? Can't only, think of
2: anything. Only other major stuff is like you keep hearing rumors about Oh that, Mike yeah, Ustockis and Whit Merrifield are of heavy interest or a reasonable interest. Uh, which makes sense. You know, Merrifield would help a lot of teams. Um mm-hmm. the Royals the Brewers, right? Was the name I heard for Brewers them? are a team that I heard. Um make them real easy to root for. Um yep. Mike mustakis has been playing some first base. The rumor is that the Yankees have thought about hey, maybe we would get him to play first base. Maybe they would. I don't know. Um I don't know. I mean, those are those are probably Mustakis of the guys who will be free agents is definitely the most valuable. Uh, Merrifield for the, his flexibility and the way he's playing uh, probably would bring back the biggest haul overall. But you know, the Royals are probably asking for quite a lot for him, so i i don't I don't think they'd end up trading him. I just i don't. Mustak um, is pretty much probably gone for whatever the. The highest bid ends up being yes. They don't really have they don't really have any you know backup plan for keeping him. It's like like the Orioles have Manny Machado and he's going to be a free agent, but they can always offer him a qualifying offer and get draft pick compensation if a deal doesn't come up that they like. Right. So that might compel some teams to jump up and and add a, a higher prospect to their deal um, to make sure that they get him. Especially Machado, who would probably be a pretty big difference maker. Moustakis, I feel like, would be a really good... He's, he'd be that really good number six hitter on a team to round out the lineup. I think we've yeah, talked definitely. about it like this before. But I was also thinking about it like... I also feel like he'd... Uh, you know, you remember when the Royals got Ben Zobrist? And by the time you got into the playoffs, it felt like Ben Zobrist had been a Royal through the whole rebuild. Like, yeah. He felt like he was exactly a part of this franchise from like day one. And I feel like that would be what Moustakas would feel like for, for a team that he would go to. Um, for sure. Cause I mean, he's, he's got, you know, two time all-star he's got power. Doesn't strike out a whole lot. He can draw a walk. He can work a count. still pretty good defensively. Um, has always been he's a very of...
3: go ahead. He's a very passionate guy. Yeah.
2: He's always been one of those leadership types um, and not like the you know the, the pretend leadership, but like the you know burn your ass uh, kind of thing. You think that Houston game four, um, yeah, you know, he was he was quoted as being the guy who really kind of rallied the troops. And I just I feel like you know he's he's got that little something that yeah he would uh, he would fit in nicely with a lot of teams. And the Royals really don't have any reason to keep him. He had his 18th and 19th homers today. You know, be sad to see him go. The Royals probably won't get what people expect for him. But he does have teams. He, I think the Phillies have been kind of linked to him as well as the Yankees. And at some point the Cardinals were in the discussion. Um, but, you know, there might be other teams that pop up as things go along. So, um, nothing really super concrete with either of those guys, but you know, they're definitely the two most popular names right now, as far as trade value. And after them, that's not really anybody <laughs> Lucas no. Duda, maybe, um, maybe. maybe he's, he's played well since he's come off the DL, but yeah, he didn't play that great before he went on the DL. So his numbers overall don't look great, but
3: Lucas Duda is like that move. Um, cause in 2014 when the royals went to the trade deadline and didn't do anything and we were all pissed off at them because they didn't they didn't make any big trades to try and go for it and then you know for the august 31st waiver trade deadline they ended up getting josh willingham that was actually jason adam wasn't it that they sent mm-hmm. for him yeah so i remember uh, driving
2: into the stadium when they announced that trade too it was
3: yeah because oh, I think we all went to a game together that night, and we were talking about it afterwards.
2: Uh, I don't uh, know if it was that one. Um, or maybe it was it was right around that time. The one in, time. in 14 was the night of the trade deadline, because Eric Hosmer got oh, hurt that's right. in the game, I think. And, yeah, then it was like a week and a half later, they made the trade for Willingham by trading Jason Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
3: But um, – it feels like that kind of a move some team will make, you know, whether it's by the trade deadline or the waiver deadline. Just like, uh, you know, hey, here's a little something, you know, maybe it ends up being, yeah. we'll, and we'll, we'll hopefully Lucas Duda can give us a couple sparks through the season when we need him, and and tip a few games in our direction.
2: Yeah, that's, not a bad that, platoon bat to face off against a righty, you know, especially once you get into September if September games matter for the team that would get him. Expanded rosters, you know, you might as well stash a bat, who's easy to pinch run for, you mm-hmm. know, give him one at bat, a couple games a week, and you know, see if he can help get you over the edge in a couple spots. So, I think he, I, I think he'll probably get traded somewhere. Not going to get much. I don't think you're going to get much for, you know, no. any of the non Moustakas types. Um, if you get anything, if you get a 24 year old, an A ball, who can maybe spin a good slider. Hey, maybe that's something to work with. It's better than you know, just letting them go and become free agents or releasing them. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's that's kind of how the next couple of weeks shape up in my head. I don't know um, that there's going to be a lot of fireworks. They kind of already you know traded off a couple of those names in, in Herrera and John Jay. So, yep. um, you know, it's just uh, unless they someone really gets you know froggy about Danny Duffy. And goes after him. He's pitched a lot better the last uh, couple weeks, so you know. But I I, st- I don't see the Royals trading him either. So you know, no. unless they just get, you cannot say no to that deal. But yeah, I don't I don't think I'm that okay deal's with, out there for like no, a- it's, anybody it's this year. No. So I don't know. It'd, it'd be interesting the next few weeks, but I I don't know that it's going to be terribly exciting um, on the no. field or in the rumors. But you know things happen things certainly do happen (laughs) technically yes Uh, always we'll
3: see (laughs) Um, but so i think we'll 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 leave it at that for this uh this episode we will be back next week hopefully we'll have um maybe some some fun trade deals or something to talk about or some dare i say too much to ask some fun baseball to talk about um We'll we'll see. I won't hold my breath, but possibly it'll happen. So um, be sure to come back next week. Uh, In the meantime, be sure to visit our sponsors, Kelly's Westport Inn, summertime. Always a great time to go out and have have a few drinks. Um, It's going to be a lot easier to watch Royals baseball with a few drinks. (laughs) Why not go do it at Kelly's? Uh, it's, it's, It's a great place. You'll have a lot of fun, much more fun than just watching the Royals at home. That's for sure. Um, And BP Kansas City, of course, the rest of our staff there just pumping out, continually pumping out great content, even despite the results on the field. Those do not translate into the blogosphere, thank God. Um, We still have daily content that we're putting out there. And for those of you who are um, starting to turn – that wandering eye towards the minor leagues a little bit, since there's not much happening at the major league level. Of course, nobody better than Clint skulls, his diamonds in the rough, his minor league recaps, everything he's, he's, he's keeping you up to speed and everything that's going on in the system. Also give him a follow. He's always given uh, on Twitter. He's always given a bunch of um, little tidbits and stuff that, uh, to pass along mm-hmm. about some of the minor league players. So, uh yeah be sure to visit our sponsors they they help us greatly and we would appreciate it um we'll be back next week so be sure to join us then and until then um thank you so much for stopping by see you next time and as
2: always go ruins thank you for listening to the kansas city baseball vault you can follow us on twitter at kc baseball Vault. You can also find us on Baseball Prospectus Kansas City at bpkansascity.com. You can follow BPKC on Twitter at BProKansasCity. Also, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, through Stitcher, or whatever podcast app you like. And if you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to say hi, send those emails to kansascitybaseballvault at gmail.com.